Greetings, thanks to God. This is Pastor Montalessa, the senior pastor of the Cedar Grove Church, located right here in beautiful Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And once again, we welcome you into our site of sanctuary, where we're getting ready to worship. We're getting ready to hear from heaven. And I thank God for our praise team and all of those who have joined to worship and usher us into the presence of the Lord. I thank God for each and every one of you that have continued to tune in Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. Uh, continue to like, tag, and share uh, what God is doing in this place with your friends and family. And I just want to encourage you to continue to do so. God has given a new series that will start this Sunday. Amen. Uh, as I look around and see all the things that are concerning our society, God has sent a word of encouragement. Hallelujah. So if you need encouragement, or if you need know someone who needs a word of encouragement, this is your sermon. This is your series. Hallelujah. Call your friends. Call your Christian enemies. Call whoever they are. And let them know the word is getting ready to go forth. Yes, Lord. Share it. Hallelujah. Tag somebody. Yes, Lord. Uh, the word is going to go forth. And I praise God for each and every one of you. Speaking of thankfulness, I thank God for all of you that have continued to sow your time, your talent, and your treasure into the kingdom during this season. Amen. Uh, this is uh, the first Sunday of a new month. Uh, this month of August, uh, August the 8th month, and the 8th month, which the number 8 symbolizes new beginnings. New beginnings. And, and I don't know about you, when I look back over the pages of, of my life and what has happened in 2020, I don't know about you, but I, I would like for some things to begin anew. Amen. I would like for a new beginning. Yes, 7 means completion, but 8 means new beginnings. But Isaiah said it this way Isaiah 43 and 19, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Yeah, shall ye not know it? I will make a way in the wilderness. I make a river in the desert to give drink to these my people. And I just want to let you know that God has seen your plight. God has seen your pain. He's seen the pressure. He's seen your problems. But guess what? He is a promised people today. And I just believe that he has something significant that he wants to say and share to the saints today. So again, we welcome you into the sanctuary. And we just thank God for all that he has done and all that he is faithful to do. There is a word from heaven that I would like to share with you. I want to call your attention to a very familiar passage of scripture, a passage of scripture that has been in my heart, a passage of scripture that I've been meditating on in my private time as we look at this pandemic and all the things that are going on in our society. And, and I preached on it before this year, and God has actually given a sermon series, again, to minister to the hearts of the hurting, uh, a series of encouragement for these discouraging times. I want to call your attention to 2 Chronicles chapter 7. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Uh, and this will be our focus and our foundation for the entire series. Amen. Uh, series. And the series that I'm beginning today is called Heal the Land. Yes, Lord. Some of you are familiar with the scripture, Heal the Land. This is the Heal the Land scripture. This is the Heal the Land series. And some of you understand as you look around, hallelujah, our land needs healing. Let me say that again. In 2020, our land needs healing. And what I think, what I believe that God has given us today is a recipe for restoration as we go through this series again, the Heal the Land series. So let us go to the Word. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, beginning at verse number 12, going down to verse number 15. Uh, the King James translation of the Word of God reads, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night, and he said unto him, I have heard thy prayer. I have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. Verse 13. If mm, I shut up the heavens, that there be no rain, 
or if I sin, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. Verse 14, this is your shout right here. But if my people, <laughs> which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my things and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from them. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Verse 15, now my eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. Amen, amen, amen. And as we get into this Heal the Land series, uh, the first sermon in this series, the Lord and I want to minister from the subject today, if my people, amen, if my people, amen. Let us pray. Precious Lord, we praise you. We thank you for yet another opportunity to come into Present your word to these, your people. Lord God, we thank you for proper preparation. We thank you for seminary training. We thank you for everything that you put in place to allow this moment in time to take place. And now, Lord, I, I pray that you would take me, your servant, hide me behind your cross. Let no flesh be seen. Let your word, your word alone be glorified. I'm going to say thank you now because you are faithful. Have your way throughout this message. To the marvelous masters and mighty name of Jesus, we ask it all. Somebody loves to shout, Amen. 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 If my people, Amen. And again, this is a series of encouragement during discouraging days. And if you have access to anything that brings you news this day, uh, we understand that we are in some discouraging days. Every time that we turn on the TV, we are recently reminded of the famine, uh, uh, the pandemic. Uh, the plague that the pestilence that has attacked uh, not only our country but the entire world. Uh, these are some discouraging days. But what I love about the Lord that even while we're discouraged, uh, the God I serve, He'll send the word of encouragement. And what I want to talk about today is God's recipe for restoration. That although we have experienced some, some things that the things that we see on a daily basis now. My Bible tells me here uh, that God has the power to do all things. My Bible lets me know that God is in control. Yes, Lord. He's not on vacation. He's not caught by surprise. God is still sovereign, and he's still in control. And what I love about the Lord, that even in our days of discouragement, even in our days of disappointment, even in our days of doubting, uh, we don't know which way we should turn. We don't know uh, where our next uh, blessing is coming from. God has seen the future. And what I love about the Lord is he gives us a recipe for restoration. He gives us a recipe for renewal. He gives us a recipe for revival. Hallelujah. My Bible tells me in Isaiah chapter 40, verse number 30, amen, that if my people who are called by my name, excuse me, he says it this way, that they that wait upon the Lord, yeah, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. He gives us a recipe for restoration. God is in the restoring business. And what I've learned right here as we go straight to the text today in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, he lets us know that he's sovereign. He says that if I shut up the heavens and there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land and I send pestilence among my people, verse 14, that if my people, yeah, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then uh, will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins, and I will heal the land. Amen. Amen. I will heal 
the land. Let's go straight to the text today. Hallelujah. In the time of our text, this is uh, uh, what we're seeing in the seventh chapter of the book of Second Chronicles is uh, 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 Solomon having a conversation with the Lord. Yes. Uh, we're getting a sneak peek of a prolonged period of prayer that Solomon had with the Lord. As a matter of fact, some of you know Solomon. He's known as a winner. Yes, Lord. Solomon was the one that was able to do some things that his daddy David was not able to do. Solomon is the son of David and Bathsheba. He's the one that, uh, that succeeded David to the throne as the, as the third king of Israel. Solomon, he was a winner. Yes, Lord. He was able to build and uh, not only the God's temple, but also his own palace. Solomon had uh, season after season after season and all he was doing was win, win, winning. Yes, Lord, he was a winner. But not only is Solomon known for winning, but he's also known for his wisdom. Uh, many of you have read the book of Proverbs and many of them are written by Solomon. And if you just need wisdom, hallelujah, you can look at Solomon's Proverbs and he'll tell you uh, just basic things uh, to, to help us uh, know which way to go in life. He's aware he's known for wisdom, but he's also lesser known for his worship. Yes, Lord, he was a worshiper, just like his daddy. Yes, Solomon was a worshiper. And what we see here at the time of our text, again, is a prolonged period of prayer where Solomon had been talking to God. It's a crucial conversation between God and Solomon. And what the Bible gives us is the content of that conversation. Here, uh, after Solomon had been praying uh, in Gen uh, excuse me, Second Chronicles chapter chapter six, Second Chronicles chapter six. Uh, now he had been praying all night and he had been talking to the Lord. He had been giving God thanks for the many blessings that he had bestowed upon Solomon. He was thanking him, and in the midst of all of that time in prayer, uh, Solomon pauses because you know prayer is a dialogue. It's not just a monologue. It's not just you telling God what you want, telling God where to go, hallelujah. But in prayer. It's a time for us to take time to hear back from heaven to see what God has to say. And the Bible tells us in this seventh chapter uh, of the book of Second Chronicles, yes, Lord, uh, verse 12, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard your prayer, and I have chosen this place for myself, for a house for sacrifice. Yes, Lord, he was coming here and he was telling Solomon some things. And, and in the midst of this crucial conversation that God was having with Solomon, he was giving him some promises as well as precautions. Let me say that again. God was giving Solomon promises as well as precautions. Hallelujah. Uh, Solomon, had, at this time of the text, had been reigning in Israel for 24 years now. Hallelujah. And God now manifested himself and just telling Solomon uh, some things. Yes, Lord, he's telling him some things that he has in store for even Solomon's future. Yes, Solomon had built the temple. He had built his palace. Uh, everything was going well in Solomon's life. Hallelujah. And God was reassuring him that in this prolonged period of prayer, that now we still have promises for you. Do you understand that he's still the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore? That heaven is not bankrupt? Guess what? God, although he's blessed you, although he's protected you, although he's brought you a mighty long way, God still has promises for your future. Hallelujah. Just like he did in your past. Hallelujah. And what we see here in this uh, situation where God is giving us uh, 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 these precautions as well as these promises, uh, Scripture gives us uh, a dramatic description of how God appeared to Solomon to detail both 
the promises as well as the precautions. Uh, he was telling him these promises that were related to his people, the children of Israel, uh, not only for the people, but even uh, Solomon himself, and not only for Solomon himself, but for us, yes, the seed of Abraham. So in other words, these promises that, uh, that are, were available for Solomon, they're available for us too, that if my people, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and see my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. He's talking about the benefit and the blessing of being a part of God's family. Amen. Uh, if my people, uh, the, the, the importance of being in God's family. Do you understand that God is highly relational? Mm. God is highly relational. As a matter of fact, uh, he refers to himself as Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Yes, Lord. He three, uh, not three gods, but three forms in one. Hallelujah. Just like ice cream and water. Yes, Lord. Uh, God is one spirit. Yes, Lord. In three forms. He's relational. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And what God has always wanted from the beginning is relationship. Let me say that again. He's always wanted relationship. Yes, Lord. As a matter of fact, we are created for intimacy with our Creator. Uh, he's, we were created for intimacy with our creator. He loves relationship. As a matter of fact, in the beginning, in your Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Hallelujah. So God created man in his own image. In his image, God created him. Male and female, he created them. Hallelujah. He created us. He wanted something that looked like. Something that represented his character in the earth. Yes, Lord. And as a matter of fact, God thinks a lot about his creation. God thinks a lot about the relationship that we have with him. As a matter of fact, he thinks so much of his creation. Peter put it this way, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. He said, well, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, uh, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into the marvelous light. And if you've been called out of darkness, yes, Lord, uh, into the marvelous light, hallelujah, uh, you ought to show forth God's praises. Amen. Uh, if you have relationship with him, if you know that membership has its privileges, then you have a right to praise him. Regardless of your predicament, you still have a right to praise him. Hallelujah. And what we see now, yes. The scripture gives us a dramatic description of what God is going on here. And again, he gives us promises as well as precautions. Hallelujah. And that's what's going on at the time of our text. Because believe it or not, at the time of the text, everything was going well for Solomon. Uh, this is not a time of calamity. Uh, this is not a time of crisis. Uh, this is a time when God has blessed Solomon and Solomon had a wonderful, intimate relationship with him. And God was blessing the works of his hands and the desires of his heart. Solomon was having the time of his life because of his intimate fellowship with him. Uh, but even in the midst of that, uh, God pulled Solomon aside in the midst of the prolonged prayer, in the midst of their time or their intimate conversation together. And he told them, kind of like our parents used to do when we were uh, getting ready to go into the store. Has anybody parents besides mine had that conversation? Yes, Lord. Well, they pull you aside <laughs> and tell you before you go in the store, uh, they give you some promises. 
and let me get you some precautions. Yes, Lord. I don't have to make that any plainer today. Somebody knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, Lord. Uh, he, they, your parents gave you some promises if you act right, but they also gave you some precautions just in case when you decided you did want to act right. Amen. So this is what happens in our text right here. Hallelujah. Uh, that God is talk, talking back to Solomon. In this time of prayer, in this time of consecration, uh, as Solomon had been praying from chapter 6, and now he's in chapter 7. And God, uh, first of all, gives precautions. Hallelujah. He says, point number one, uh, I want to highlight as we look at this conversation, this crucial conversation between uh, God and King Solomon. He's letting Solomon know that if I shut up the heavens, that there will be no rain. And if I command the locusts to devour them, or if I send pestilence among my people. Amen. Uh, uh, first point I want to point out is that every pain has a purpose. Every pain, yes, has a purpose. Uh, uh, I want to talk about when God allows pain, when God permits problems. Let me read it again. He said, well, if I shut up the heavens and there be no rain, if I command the locusts uh, 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 to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. Uh, there are times in our lives that God will allow pain to come into our lives. Amen. There are times when God permits problems. Hallelujah. But I want to let you know that everything that we experience as children of God, uh, as his people, yes, Lord, everything that we experience has been filtered by his loving and capable hands. Do you understand that the devil has no authority over your life? Uh, that God is your, if God is your Lord and Savior, yes, Lord, that no weapon against you shall prosper. Every tongue divides up in judgment. God has already promised that he shall condemn. Yes, Lord, but I want to let you know that there are times on this side of eternity uh, when God permits problems to come into our lives. And, so, uh, and just the cliff notes of this to let you know that problems usually come into our lives for one of three reasons. Yes, Lord. It come, God allows problems for inspection, for direction, or for correction. Let me say that again. God allows problems for inspection, direction, or correction. Uh, uh, every, but I want to let you know that every pain has a purpose. If I shut up the heavens, uh, and there be no rain. If I command the locusts, yes, Lord, you know he's in control of locusts and everything. Don't take my word for it. That's favorable. Yes, Lord. To the power of the land. If I send pastors among my people, God sometimes allow problems to come into our lives. Uh, and I want to let you know today that number one, every pain has a purpose. Paul put it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. For our light afflictions, which are but for a moment, yeah, is working for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. In other words, uh, this pain has a, a purpose. Yes, Lord, it's doing something in us. Uh, it's working for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Every pain has a purpose. Paul goes to put it this way in Romans chapter 8, verse 28 in your Bible. For we know uh, that God puts all things together for the good of those who love him. All according to his purpose. Do you know that every pain has a purpose? Yes, Lord. And if God allowed it, he allowed it for a reason. But can I go deeper today? Can I go deeper today? Because again, uh, every pain has a purpose, but I want you to know that all pain, pressure, and problems are not created equal. Mm -hmm. uh, all pain, all pressure, all problems are not 
created equal. And to understand the purpose of the pain, hallelujah, we must understand the source of the pain. Some of you know this, hallelujah, but I'm going to rewind this and throw this back in. Yes, Lord, because I believe some of you have forgotten it, but I'm going to remind some and inform others that in order to understand the purpose of the pain, we must understand the source of the pain. Can I go deeper? Yes, Lord, uh, pain comes uh, either in trials, hallelujah, temptations, or trespasses. Uh, pain, the uh, sources of pain, the types of pain, come through trials, temptations, and trespasses. Let me make it plain. Trials come from God to get us to trust him. Temptations come from the devil. For uh, God allows the devil every now and then. Temptations come from the devil to get us to obey him. And then trespasses come from others to teach us how to forgive. And in order to, for us to understand the purpose of the pain, we must understand the source of the pain. Hallelujah. Amen. And what is going on at the time of our text, hallelujah, is God is warning the children of Israel, hallelujah, that they have some conditional promises that, that they understand some things, that, that if they walk in fellowship with him, yes, Lord, that they keep him as the apple of their eye, hallelujah, that they will continue to experience the promises of God. But if uh, they found themselves turning to other gods, uh, uh, and forget about it, the God that brought them out, the God that made the way, the God that has uh, kept them through 40 years of the wilderness, that rained down a, a, a manna by day, hallelujah, that led them with a cloud by day and a pillow of fire by night. If you forgot him, he was going to allow some things to happen. And let me say this. Uh, I understand, I understand, I understand. Some people have difficulty believing that God is a God that allows pain. Uh, that God is a God that allows pressure and problems. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, because we understand that we do understand that God is a God of mercy. Uh, as a matter of fact, your Bible tells you that he gives us brand new mercies every day. Hallelujah. Uh, God is a God of mercy. But I want you to understand that God is a God of justice as well. Amen. And there are times, hallelujah, when God will allow, yes, Lord, uh, as a matter of fact, there are times when God will send a trial in your life, yes, Lord, uh, uh, to uh, give you some correction, inspection, or direction. As a matter of fact, you don't have to take my word for it. There are times when God has sent pain on the earth. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Uh, he said, if I shut up the heavens and there be no rain, if I command the locusts to devour the land, if I send pestilence among the people, there are times when God will send it himself. And again, you don't have to take my word for it. Ask Noah. Hmm. Some of you remember this in your Bible, Genesis chapter 8, when wickedness was in the heart of and in every thought of man. Yes, Lord. God sent a flood to destroy the earth. He repented and he even made men. Hallelujah. And he sent a flood and God destroyed the earth. You don't have to take my word for it. You don't have to ignore his word for it. Ask the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes, Lord. Uh, when Abraham was interceding on the behalf of God's people. And he was saying, if I can find one hundred righteous folk, God, will you not destroy the city? If I can find 90 righteous folk, will you not destroy the city? If I can find righteous folk, will you not destroy the city? And he kept on interceding. He had to get down. Lord, if I can find five righteous folk, Lord have mercy, will you not destroy the city? But you can ask the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, yes, Lord, there are times because of their unrighteousness, because of their wickedness, yes, Lord, because of, uh, they had turned away from God, that God bring fire and brimstone 
from the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. You don't have to take my word for it. Hallelujah. God is a God of justice. You don't have to take Noah's word for it. You can ask the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. You don't have to take my word for it. Ask your Lord and Savior Jesus. Because he hung away and died on a cross on Calvary Hill. He died for payment of our sins. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. And because of sin, yes, Lord, it caused God to crucify. It caused God to heal, to allow death to overtake his only begotten son. But believe it or not, that's not how the story ends. Yeah. Uh, you all understand on the third day he rose again with all power in his hand. So with that being said, God allows problems. He permits problems. He allows it. Hallelujah. And there are times that when God will allow pain in our lives. But I want to let you know that every pain has a purpose. If I shut up the heavens and there be no rain. Uh, uh, if uh, I, I send, uh, if I command the locusts to devour the land. Or if I send pestilence, hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, God sometimes allows it. And, and, and as I was talking to the Lord, as he was talking back to me as we were preparing this service, uh, and, and as I was looking at the things that we're experiencing as a country in 2020, uh, as a lifelong Laker fan, uh, who would have thought in 2020 that the worst thing that happened would not be the death of Kobe Bryant? I'll wait, okay, hallelujah, amen. Uh, when I heard that, guess what? I thought that would be the worst thing that could happen in 2020. But believe it or not, because of everything else that we have gone through, um, that seems like a distant memory right now. Yeah, that was 2020. Yes, Lord. But God has allowed some things to happen in our world. And even when I look at these United States of America, hmm, I'm wondering, uh, I'm wondering today uh, uh, why God allows certain things to happen. Uh, is he allowing it for a correction? Is he allowing it for a direction? Or is he allowing it for inspection? As a matter of fact, I'll let you grade your own paper today. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, uh, you can tell, you can uh, talk to the Lord yourself and ask, why has he sent this pain? How, why has he allowed this problem? Why has he allowed this pressure? Well, I want to let you know today that regardless of what your answer is, uh, 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 if, if, this, if you understand that this is a trial that God has sent for inspection, correction, or direction, hallelujah, even if you understand that you don't like uh, what has led up to this situation, I will let you know today that God has a recipe for restoration. <laughs> oh my God. I, uh, let me say that again. God has a recipe for restoration. Yes, Lord. Uh, because even in the midst of our sins and our shortcomings, yes, Lord, God has a recipe uh, for restoration. Hallelujah. Amen. This right here in verse number 14, that he said that if my people, yeah, uh, which are called by my name, yeah, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face up and, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven uh, and I will forgive their sins and I will heal the land. So, so number one, we understand that every pain has a purpose, but I want to let you know, number two, the importance of spiritual intimacy. The importance of spiritual intimacy. Amen. Uh, as we look at Solomon, as we look at the pages of Solomon's life, uh, one thing that I want God wants us to understand is the importance of spiritual intimacy. As I said before, Solomon had been reigning now for 23 years at the time of the text. Hallelujah. And Solomon had experienced nothing but success after success after success. 
Solomon was able to build the temple that even his daddy, David, uh, worshiped, the worshiper, the warrior, hallelujah, and the writer was not able to build. Solomon was able to build a palace for himself uh, and for his family to worship in. Solomon was a constructor, a builder. Solomon had success after success after success, hallelujah. But the secret to Solomon's success is right here. It's the importance of spiritual intimacy. The importance of spiritual intimacy. Uh, at the time of the text, this is before Solomon got off track in the latter parts of his life, hallelujah. At this time, hallelujah, Solomon was in a, in a place where he loved the Lord. Uh, and he was at a place when, even when he started his residency, he, he understood the importance of spiritual intimacy. Uh, some of you remember when he first came and became king, guess what? He didn't ask for God to curse all of his enemies. Yeah. Yes, Lord, that's where some of us would have began, right there, off the top. Yes, Lord, to, to curse every one of my enemies. As a matter of fact, some of us got a list. Hallelujah. Amen. He didn't ask for that. He didn't ask for position. He didn't ask for possessions. He didn't even ask for power. Hallelujah. He asked God uh, in his time of prayer. Uh, uh, and he understood this importance of spiritual intimacy. He said, God, give me the wisdom and knowledge that I may lead your people in the way that they should go. Uh, the secret to Solomon's success was the he understood the importance of spiritual intimacy. He understood that uh, God is the God of all wisdom. And Lord, I need you, just like you told my daddy, to order my steps in your word. Uh, for the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And as a consequence, Solomon was a super successful leader. Yes, Lord. Uh, Solomon, at this point in his life, yes, Lord, he was what we call a good and responsible leader. Yes, Lord. He was a leader who had integrity, morality, virtue, confidence, skill. A leader who was kind, giving, considerate, and well-behaved. Yes, Lord. He was a leader that was concerned for his people and had an understanding of their needs. He was a, a leader, the type of leader that could draw on the skills and, and utilize those skills and meet the needs of his people. He was the type of leader that could mobilize them to achieve their goals and to, to complete the works of their hands. He was that type of leader. Yes, Lord. He was a good leader uh, with genuine motives. Yes, Lord. Uh, uh, reliable in his actions. A person uh, who set that, a dynamic example for all of those who served under him. Yes, Lord. Solomon painted a picture of a good and responsible leader in this present passage of scripture. And as we go into this election in 2020, hallelujah, I just believe that we need to do just like Solomon. Yes, Lord. Uh, understand the importance of an intimate relationship with the God. Hallelujah. To spend some time uh, uh, prayerfully pursuing who spits a leader like Solomon. Because at this time, again, the children of Israel, uh, they were experiencing success after success after success. Uh, and God was telling them, guess what? I still have promises in store for you, but even in the midst of these promises, yeah. I'm giving you some precautions. Uh, that if I shut up the heavens, and there be no rain, if I command the locusts to devour the land, hallelujah, but if my people, yes, Lord, in other words, he was talking about the importance of prayer, yes, Lord, that Solomon had a prayer like that, if my people, yes, that, uh, the people that are called by my name, uh, will humble themselves and pray and see my face, he said, then will I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will forgive, I will heal the land. He gave this recipe for restoration, and it includes four parts right here, hallelujah, he a divine formula for solving society's problems. Uh, it included humbling, praying, and seeking and forsaking. Let me say that again. It involved humbling. It involved praying. It involved seeking 
didn't involve uh, forsaking. Yes, Lord. Humbling. Hallelujah. Does anybody know that it's important to be humble? Uh, and I believe most of us have been arrogant once upon a time. Hallelujah. I'm just telling on myself, baby, that ain't your testimony. But, but once upon a time, hallelujah, I was so arrogant, I couldn't stand my arrogant self. Uh, but in the midst of all of that, do you understand that God uh, uh, resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble? Hallelujah. According to 1 Peter 5 and 5, God is one that if you will humble yourself, that's what God has a way of humbling you. And if you've ever been arrogant before and you hit God humbling you, guess what? You don't have to cross that. You don't have to pass that test no more. Amen. Uh, if my people will humble themselves, that's Lord, hallelujah. As a matter of fact, God even despises a proud look according to Proverbs 6 and 16. Hallelujah. There uh, the six, seven days, the six and uh, he doesn't even like a proud look. Hallelujah. So humbling ourselves. He kills Solomon uh, uh, in this time of intimacy. He kills up the next thing. He talked about the importance of prayer. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Praying. Do you understand that prayer still works? Let me say that again. That prayer still works. Uh, uh, you don't take my word for it. Just look at your Bible. Matthew chapter 21, verse 22. He said, in all things, yeah, whatsoever you ask in prayer, believe and you shall receive. Does anybody know that prayer still works? Yes, Lord. Luke 11 and 9 says, and I say unto you, ask, yeah, and you shall receive. But seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened unto you. Do you understand that prayer still works? Uh, 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 the Bible tells me in John 14, 13 and 14, it says, and, and, and whatsoever you ask in my name, uh, uh, that will I do, uh, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, uh, I will do it. Hallelujah. Does anybody know that prayer still works? Uh, John 15 and 7 says it this way, if you abide in me, and my words in you, you shall ask whatever you will, hallelujah, and it will be done under you, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I thank God for the power. I thank God for the power. The power of prayer, yes, Lord, uh, hallelujah. So he gives them this four points, uh, first humbling, second praying, and even third seeking, uh, to seek my face, to seek my face, amen, the importance of seeking the face of God. Uh, there are times uh, that we, we, we seek God's hand, but we don't seek his face. Hallelujah. We seek his hand. We want his stuff, mm, but we don't want him. Mm. But what God is doing in 2020, hallelujah, he's given us this recipe uh, for restoration, talking about seeking his face, seeking some intimate time in his presence. Uh, the psalmist put it this way, Psalms 42 and 1, that as the deer... Panting for the water, so my soul longs after thee. Uh, has anybody gotten to that point, hallelujah, that you've experienced enough pain, uh, you've experienced enough problems, uh, you've experienced enough pressure, hallelujah, that, that God, you know what, I'm going to put down all of my other Lord idols and spend some time in your presence to seek your face, to seek your will, hallelujah, and not just your blessing, hallelujah, and then forsake you. Number four, amen. That's God's tender spot right there. Yeah. Uh, I don't care how much you messed up. Amen. How much we have uh, 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 fallen. Paul told Romans, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Hallelujah. But forsaken, turning from our wicked ways. Uh, turning from our wicked ways. Hallelujah. In other words, there's a 180 degree, degree turn. Understanding, and as we go through that self examination again, inspection, direction. 
Hallelujah. Or correction. Hallelujah. Correcting our ways. Uh, turning from our wicked ways. Hallelujah. Uh, Solomon, uh, in this intimate time of fellowship with the Savior, this intimate time with God, God told him, hallelujah, the importance of or this recipe for restoration. Uh, I, I believe Solomon must have learned something from his daddy David because believe it or not, David messed up a number of times. Uh, but what I love about this, hallelujah, is that David in Psalm 51, he said, have mercy on me according to my loving kindness. Blot out my transgression. You understand the importance of forsaking. Hallelujah. And, and as we look at this right here, my brothers and my sisters, I want you to understand that intimacy within, within relationship is important. And he's talking about this, that my people, hallelujah, God has always desired an intimate relationship with his people. He's always desired a time alone in our presence. And what has messed up the children of Israel and what he was warning them in this text, uh, the precaution as well as the promise, he was giving them the precaution to say, you know what, don't turn to other gods. Oh, I'm blessed. Hallelujah. You've experienced a decade after decade of, of success. Hallelujah. But if you turn from me, Hallelujah. Then I will shut up the heavens. Uh, I will send no rain. I will command the host. And I will and even send pestilence. Hallelujah. In other words, he would allow pain to come upon us. And I believe today that what God is saying to us, hallelujah, is that we, we should turn back. Take this time, hallelujah. One of the reasons why God has embraced our agendas, one of the reasons why we can't go to the games and all the other stuff that we have enjoyed for so long, hallelujah, is because he wants an intimate time between the creator and his creation, hallelujah. So every pain has purpose. Uh, number two, the importance of spiritual intimacy. And then number three, as I get ready to take my seat, is that he performs what he has promised in prayer. Yeah. Oh Lord, have mercy. He performs, yeah, what he promised in prayer. Amen. In other words, uh, he gave them this recipe of reconciliation and restoration. That if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, and there it is, in prayer, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. And I will let you know today that God performs what he has promised in prayer. And today what the Lord and I want to talk to, I want to talk specifically uh, to the people who have recently experienced the impact of this pandemic. Hallelujah. Uh, let me talk to you today. Uh, when I want to talk to the people who have recently experienced for themselves the impact of this pandemic. I understand there's been times that we've seen this thing on CNN or MSNBC or Fox News, God bless you, wherever you get your news, hallelujah. We've seen the impact, hallelujah. And, and when it was across the country, yes, Lord, we, we said a prayer. Uh, 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 you know, God bless everybody. Lord, heal those people. But does anybody know that pain is not precious? Uh, and, 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 and if you just keep on living, as my father in the gospel would say, there are times when pain will find your address. <laughs> and, and when pain finds your address, hallelujah, when, when the pandemic and pain gets personal, hallelujah, then it has a way of changing the way that you pray. <laughs> 
Lord have mercy, yes Lord. And he has a way of changing the way that you pray. I mean, when the pandemic was just affecting people across the nation, uh, you prayed for them. Uh, but when you can start finding names of people that you know, uh, that had COVID-19. Uh, when you find out uh, that cancer and other diseases have come to your house, uh, as a matter of fact, some of you have had some pain and problems and pressure even before COVID-19 came onto the scene. You understand it will change the way that you pray. But I want to let you know today that I got good news. Uh, that the God I serve, yes Lord, uh, he performs what he promised in prayer. Yes Lord, now, he performs what he promised in prayer. And there are times, hallelujah, that you have to open your prayer life changes. When prayer comes to your house, amen. Uh, if my people, yeah, who are called by my name, yeah, will, will humble themselves and pray, God has given a recipe, yes, Lord, and, and, and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven. For I will forgive their sins, and, and I will hear their man. Do you know that God will perform what he's promised in prayer? And what uh, God has told us to do is to pray his word, yeah, back to him. Yes, Lord. As a matter of fact, God always answers what he said he would do in prayer. As a matter of fact, when uh, Mary and Martha, when that brother Lazarus got sick, uh, they called on the name of Jesus, yes, Lord, in prayer. They, in other words, they called on Christ, hallelujah. And he came and he rolled away the stone, yes, Lord. Do you understand that God what he has promised in prayer. And some of you don't have to go to Mary and Nava. Some of you don't have to go to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, some of you don't have to go to what he did for Moses. Some of you don't have to go to what he did for David and Solomon. Some of you can look back over the pages of your own life, yes, Lord, and understand that as you look back on, on what God has done back then, yes, Lord, you didn't have nothing but a prayer. You will understand that God performed Oh, 
that he will, we will hear from him. He will forgive the sins and he will heal the land. I want to let you know it's already getting better. Yes. Yes, Lord. It's all right if you'll worship today. Yes. I want you to get that in your spirit today. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Why don't you sing that? Why don't you sit there at your house? It's getting personal. The pandemic is personal. But the promise is personal too. He did it for me, y'all. And I love him because he's no respected person. Yes. Yes, Lord. Amen. God bless you. May you ever keep you as I pray.